Hey, I'm Cameron, and thanks for checking out this message today. We're glad that you are here and would love to get connect with you and your family. One easy way you can do that is to text River Connect to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some of our upcoming events. Lastly, if you would like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click the Give tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So this morning, we will be going through the book of Matthew chapter 6, and it'll be through verses 25 through 34. I was very excited for this topic because it's something that I deal with every day. It's something that I know my friends deal with, that I know a lot of people deal with. It's something that we will deal with on a daily basis. Anxiety is something that is riddled through our life and something that just gets to us and eats at us every single day. We have things we worry about. We have things that we just don't know what we're going to do, um, how we're going to grasp these concepts, how we're going to be able to pay for certain things, how we're going to be able to do. I stop there because I'm rambling. And anxiety can cause us to ramble. Our minds go in so many different directions. We, we don't know what we're going to do. Most importantly, we need to know what Jesus says about anxiety. Because all of us grow anxious about something. All of us become worried about something that happens in our life or may happen. Or may happen if we don't do something. May happen if we do do something. Anxiety finds every possible, horrendous, horrible outcome and makes it truth in our mind. And that's what happened when I saw this topic. I was thinking, how am I going to tackle this? Why have I been given this topic? I can't, I don't know what I'm going to talk about with this. But you see, reading this passage gave me hope. Because anxiety is a battle. A constant fight of either having faith in God and his promises, or having faith and trust in yourself or the things you go after when you're anxious. And we battle this every day. And sometimes we lose pretty bad. But let's see what Jesus talks about. In Matthew chapter 6, we'll start in verse 25. Give you a second to turn to that. So it reads here, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. I'm going to stop there real quick. Because right there, there's almost just a mic drop moment. You're thinking, okay. Do not be anxious about my life. Cool. That's all I got to do. Okay, if I just say that right now, do not be anxious about your life. Bye. Okay. No, there's, there's more to it. Because we hear that, we think, Jesus, what do you mean, do not be anxious about my life? There are so many things that pile up. There's so many things that I don't know how to deal with or battle with. What do you mean, don't just be, just don't be anxious? You see, though, there's something important in the beginning of this passage. That's the term, therefore. Now, I'm stealing this um, from Pastor Josh, um, and I thank him for allowing me to be up here this morning. But Pastor Josh always tells me, if it says, therefore, we have to find out what it's there for. All right. (laughs) Tough crowd, okay. But in the beginning, it says, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. So we need to find why that's there. We need to find what that means. And Jesus, in his 
ever-present wisdom, knowledge, and knowing that we will be anxious, continues on. Because he says, he gives examples, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So Jesus immediately opens up in verse 25 with what we'll eat, food, we'll put on, clothing. So he immediately goes after needs. These aren't just wants, these are needs that we need. We need to eat. Sometimes I need to eat less. But we need to eat. We need to drink. We need to have shelter and clothing to protect ourselves from the elements. So why is Jesus opening with that? Because in this passage, if we're remembering what Jesus is talking about here, he's not just saying, hey, don't be worried about your life and then just move on. He's giving you examples because he knows those are things you will worry about. He knows in that time, we, we tend to think of these days, even if it's as trivial as, what am I going to have for lunch today? And then we overwhelm ourselves with that. Or, am I going to be able to pay for food today? Am I going to be able to pay for the clothing I need? But what's important is that Jesus knows that we need those things. When he goes into what we need to drink, what we need to eat, we need to have clothing, how many of you get pretty called out by that passage in general and worry about those things all the time? Because I do. I know that I do. You know, we, we go through this world and we, we see certain things of, you know, even back when I was a, in a, a teenager in high school, I was worried about, you know, what I could wear and how cool I could be. And I remember back then the Heelys came back for some reason when I was in high school um, they were cool when I was in middle school, and I had a pair of them. Um, and uh, my father is here today, and he knows that I never once trained myself on those Heelys. And just, they were a Christmas gift, and I barely ever used them. I used them as shoes. They're not supposed to be meant as shoes. They're supposed to be meant as transportation. But Heelys had come back in high school. And I remember being like, oh, man, I want to get those, you know. And like those, those examples of things that we, I'm worried I'm not going to be as cool because I don't have this item from the early 2000s, this item of clothing. Or, you know, even as a kid being like, my friends have, you know, these awesome generic brand cereals, but then I have a bag of the, you know, Fruity Pebbles and feeling like, oh, are they going to judge me? Are they going to feel, you know, I'm worrying again, rambling, worried about those things. But not only that, there are times when Money can be tight, and we don't know what we're going to get. We don't know if we're going to be able to pay for these things. So Jesus lists those things, these needs, because he knows we need them. He knows that we need these things. So that's the therefore that we're looking for. Knowing that Jesus knows these things, how can we fight that anxiety? When I was doing uh, sermon prep for this, because I needed a lot of help with this, I listened to a sermon by Pastor John Piper, um, and he mentioned in, in his sermon that anxiety is a branch that leads to many sins. A branch that leads to many sins. And I love that imagery. 
Because you can also almost think the opening of the other branch is that anxiety. But where does that go? Does that lead to certain sins? Does that lead to not trusting? Does that lead to doing something on your own and messing up? Think about that, a branch that leads to many sins. He continues on, and if we think about finances, that anxiety with money, when we think about the needs that we have, it can cause us to covet, meaning we were possessing these things unhealthy. Again, that branch leading to sins. Even in some extreme cases, stealing or hoarding. And what Jesus is getting at here is things that require money. And not only things, but like I said before, needs that require money. Food, drink, clothing are all obtained with money. It's funny, whenever I write these things, I always put the question of obtained with what and then wait for a kid's response, but then you're not in the same crowd as that. But <laughs> When worrying constantly about these things that cost money, making things easier with money, better clothes to look cooler with money. We put our needs in the hands of ourselves and wealth, but not in God's hands. But Jesus gives us why we don't need to worry about those things here. In verse 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? I really love this verse because I feel so convicted by the Holy Spirit and I receive from this. I feel so convicted by this message because he breaks it down by going to, okay, let's look at the birds, the simple birds. They don't have anything that we have. They don't have a house, and if they do, we gave it to them. They don't have food that they can just go buy. They go find it. Or again, we give it to them. They don't have all the things we have. They do not have the life that we have or the soul that we have been given, yet they do not worry about how they're going to get food. They are fed by God. And I love this last part. Are they not of more are you not of more value than they? Jesus didn't take the sin, a punishment we all deserved, on that cross for birds. He did not come to heal the sickness of birds. He came to save us from our sins. He came to redeem us with a new life. Our value lies in that. And that is astronomically greater than the birds. But then he says, look how much care I give to them. How much more care will I give to you? And again, looking at more commentaries with this, I was learning and reading this passage, the the biggest theme that came up with this is that Jesus doesn't want us to worry about our lives and to trust God and to put our lives in his hands. Even in the midst of hardship and hurt, 
trust God with our lives because our hope relies on something beyond just this life. Let's continue on in verse 27. And which of you, and this might be my favorite passage in the whole thing, because I feel so called out by this, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? Have you ever had that day where you spent the whole day worrying and it was just a waste of time? Something that was going to come up at the end of the day and your brain made it worse and worse and you're like, oh, this is going to be the worst. I experienced that this morning with this message. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall carrying this over. Or I'm going to mess up in some way. But it was a waste of time. I went to the worry added to it instead of going to God to give it to him. We get nothing done with worrying. I get nothing done with worrying. It doesn't add anything to your life. In fact, it takes away from your life and it takes away from you. So when we worry, we waste time. In fact, we waste time not trusting in God. And looking back at this passage, when we worry about what we are going to eat, what we're going to wear, we're telling God, hey, I just I need to handle this first. I need to deal with this first. I, you go do your own thing. I need to handle this so I can figure out what to do. And then what happens? We make it worse and worse because we are sinful. We don't make those right choices all the time. Let's continue on in verse 28 through 30. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Again, Jesus brings a need. We're on clothing now. We're just in food, but now we're on clothing. Being clothed, warm, sheltered. And what I love here is that Jesus, again, is giving comparison to us of another living being. Just like the birds that Jesus compared us to. Now the lilies of the field and the grass. So we're kind of moving down the chain here of, I guess, sentience, if you want to say that. stating again, look at the care he gives the creatures. And that if he gives this much care to something that he says is here today and gone tomorrow, how much more care does he give to you? And I'll mention it again because our entire lives rely on this fact. That Christ did not die on the cross for the souls of blades of grass. He died and took that punishment for us. He died on that cross for you and I to fulfill what God had planned and to be obedient to him and to save us from ourselves. Ourselves who worry day in and day out and struggle with these things about these needs that God already knows and has given to us. 
Looking back at verse 29 again, um, we are given reference to King Solomon. Now, uh, King Solomon was the son of King David, and he was a ruler over Israel. And it is seen in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 3, that God appeared before Solomon in a dream and asked Solomon that he, what, basically what he wanted. What did Solomon want? Anything was on the table. And Solomon asked for an understanding mind and understanding heart. He asked for wisdom. And God then granted Solomon wisdom beyond any king that has lived or ever lived. But also because of his selfless act, he granted him riches beyond any kingdom that will ever stand. And I looked online to kind of find what would be the difference and how much money Solomon would have had. It's in the trillions, how much wealth he had, which is an unfathomable number. We have billionaires now, not trillionaires. Solomon had the wealth to own the world. He could buy any clothes, anything he wanted to look good. But Jesus says, even the lilies And Solomon, with all his wealth, the lilies are more beautiful and well-clothed and more delicately clothed than he is. God, who dresses the lilies with such care, also provides that same need for us. Continuing on in verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Right there at the end. Like I said before, but that therefore, your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. He's aware of that. And Jesus, again, is commanding us not to be anxious. But not just commanding, but telling us, hey, you don't need to be anxious for this. And it seems to be a theme that he's repeating himself with. Reiterating all the things he told us not to worry about. Eat, drink, wear. And then Jesus states that the Gentiles seek after those things. What does he mean by that? First and foremost, the Gentiles were people who were, of non, who were non-Jewish and did not practice the Jewish faith of the time. And the Gentiles are mentioned, it talks about people who did not know the Lord or who practice things outside of his plan. So Jesus is describing that the people who don't know God, the people who aren't in knowing of Jesus, go after and focus on these trivial things, rely on themselves, rely on their wealth for these things. They worry about these things because the importance to them is not grounded in the provision of the Lord. So he warns us not to be like that and not to put them on such a pedestal that it's all we think about. That we focus on things, we waste that time, we ramble rather than trusting God with them. And ending here in verse 33 and 34. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. 
seek first the kingdom of God. How many times do we honestly do that for all things? Honestly, ask yourself that. How many times do you seek God first before all things? I know I don't do it all the time. I need to seek God first when I'm anxious. We worry about these needs again. Food, shelter, clothing, mortgage, another ramble. Things that we need and when we worry about them, we go nowhere. I tell you, one of the biggest things that I tend to get caught in whenever I'm stuck in this worry ramble and that branch goes off as I become lazy because it piles so much that I don't know what to do with it. How many times did it happen to us? Piles? We don't know what to do with it. So we just remain stagnant. Or we go the opposite. We try to fix everything and run ourselves dry. It adds nothing to our lives. Do not be worried about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. It is for tomorrow. These worries for tomorrow. Tomorrow is tomorrow. Look at the now that you have. Look at what is in front of you. Do you trust that God has you today? Do you know the Lord today and know that he can free you of these things? Free you of the burdens? Do you trust that God knows your needs? Do you know that God knows your needs? Surrender those things to him. Surrender those needs to him. And you will find that rest. Because it says in Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to the Lord. Right there at the end, it's commanding us, tell me, talk to me. I know what you need. Bring them to me. So where do you go when you're stressed, when you're anxious? How do we fight this anxiety battle if we are going to, to going to something that can't fight our battles for us? We fight and trust in God that he has control, dominion, power over all things. From a family that is just trying to make ends meet, doesn't have, doesn't have the best things, or families that just are trying to do what they need to do, or, or again, all of these things I could list. There's a Savior who gave everything to us, including his life. A Savior who has conquered all things, including death. He who has overcome all things knows your needs, knows you, and has put in place ways you can go about giving those to him. Giving your life to him, your worries, your needs, all that worry, all that anxiety that you battle with every day. Because I'll tell you this much, this is not saying we're not going to battle this. We are going to battle this. This is a daily battle. Anxiety. And back in that John Piper um, sermon, he mentions it's almost like we're just getting, the enemy is just throwing mud onto our windshield. 
can't see, we don't know what to do. We're going to worry. And then that therefore, again, going back to the beginning of verse 25, Jesus knows we're going to worry. He knows we have anxiety. And I bring that up because if there's anybody out there that has ever been told or felt they're not close enough to God because they struggle with anxiety, I'll tell you from someone experienced who has been told that, that is not true. We will battle this. The world is broken and our minds are being redeemed by Jesus, but we need Jesus to help us. Because when we're anxious, if we go to things that don't fulfill us, we're going to go nowhere. But if we go to a Savior who knows our needs and took all of our sin, the punishment that, again, we deserved because of our sin, took it for us and is telling us here, come to me. Even in that battle, we're giving it to someone who can win it, who has won that battle. Yes, we have worry. Yes, we have anxiety. It's not going to go away. It's not going to stop. But where will we put our trust in when we fight it? When reading this whole passage, this entirety of it, I, you know, I was thinking maybe you know, if you're reading it, you're, you're possibly thinking, well, I guess Jesus isn't fully understanding because he's just telling me not to worry. But again, I go back to what I talked about at the beginning. Jesus knows. And I'm given an image. It's not an image of Jesus pointing at me saying, hey, stop worrying about that. What's wrong with you? Not a finger pointing. Not that same thing that I was told. By someone who wasn't fully understanding it. I'm seeing a Savior, a God, who is looking at me, looking at us, saying, hey, it's okay. I got it. Give it to me. You don't have to do this by yourself. You don't have to carry this burden by yourself. As it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 29, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He is there to help you. He's there to help us, to help us through anxiety that we will face constantly. Anxiety is the ultimate attack on our lives. That a lot of times we let control us and control our actions. But when those things that are hard come into our lives, when we battle with anxiety, when, we're, when we have struggles with anxiety in our lives, when it's just something that even like we're maybe trying to get help for or seek treatment for, where do we go? Do we trust in ourselves? Do we let that branch grow out? 
why we go to a Savior whose arms are open wide, ready to carry it for you. When we are anxious, when things are crumbling around us, when even the smallest things seem so stressful because we can't take it anymore, Jesus is there. Jesus has conquered all things. And he's there to help you. And he's put in place ways to help you as well. Because not only can we give it to him, but we can also get in community as we have community groups here that can be with you, that can pray with you, pray for you to help you through these things. Do not be alone in this. Because when you're alone, you can't trust yourself. You only ramble. That branch will grow. Sins will come in until you're at your boiling point that you don't know what to do. But even in the midst of that ending boiling point, Jesus is there for us. When we call upon him, when we give our life to Jesus, he's there for us to take that burden. I'm not saying it's easy. It's very difficult. But in that difficulty, what are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? Trust in Jesus. He knows our needs. He knows our anxieties. He knows we'll struggle with it. And his arms are open wide saying, I'm here. Give them to me. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you that you came, died on a cross for us to save us from our sins. We thank you that you are always there arms open wide that if we just turn around and go to you, give our lives to you, you will carry these anxieties for us. And I pray for anybody out there that is struggling with anxiety, is going through some really hard times, or doesn't fully know you and doesn't fully know what this means. I pray that they know you are there that they know they can give all these things to you. It's your son's name that we pray. Amen.